and welcome to June 8th, 2009. It's the first Monday of June and the start of another great week for me as I'm thinking about the excess in my life, past and present, and I'm thinking about the Bible which warns us, do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Wow, that's a sober word, friends, from Proverbs 23, 20, and 21. And that's just a table setter for today's talk about gluttony, overeating, and abuse, and some simple suggestions that might change our perspectives. It's often just a matter of perspective, and that's the aim on this week's The Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes, Getting Off the Diet Train. Hi, I'm Bo Ellis. I'm coming to you from Tampa in the Christ Across America studios, where I'm joined now by your own chief wellness instigator, Chris Hughes, driving somewhere around the state of Florida on his cell phone. Hey, Chris, where are you at this week? Hey, Bo, I am uh, on I-4 heading over to the Daytona area, where where I'll be for the next few days, just kind of working up and down these uh, East Coast parts. Well, I trust that's part of your, your work ministry, and I trust that the God is going to use you this week. So good luck out there on the other coast, especially seeing your parents. I think that's really cool. And it's kind of weird because I'm sitting here in Tampa in a rainstorm, and I'm looking at what the Bible's telling me about gluttony. And it's pretty sobering, uh, pardon the pun. Uh, I wanted to read something I found on the web for you. It says, Physical appetites are an analogy of our ability to control ourselves. If we're unable to control our eating habits, we're probably also unable to control other habits, such as those of the mind, lust, covetousness, anger, and unable to keep our mouths from gossip or strife. We are not to let our appetites control us, but we are to have control over our appetites. So Chris, I know you stumbled onto something this week that is more in line with with this idea of of overeating or or not overeating. And I know on this show, we've talked so much about diets and this fad and that craze and this program and this scientific approach. And we just have really beat up this idea of food choices. But I don't know, Chris, that we've ever really addressed it from a point of self-control being the core or the root of, of all of this discussion we have about wellness. So I'm glad that you did stumble onto some tips this week that could be helpful for our listeners and I look forward to hearing what you're bringing. Right on, Bo. Well, I definitely can't take credit for any of the material, but it's a book that's been on my shelf for quite a long time. I picked it up at my favorite bookstop in South Georgia, right off of I-75 where I often do that they sell a lot of books for a really good price and it's called Sin Within. You remember me telling you about that? Sinwithin.org. For those of you online. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just from the cover of the book, a grace-oriented approach to lasting weight loss. And it, it's definitely approaching the topic from a Christian perspective, so that appealed to me. But I think the book sat on the shelf for a long time for me because I've never really struggled with excess weight or being overweight. Um, but for whatever reason, God led me to pick it up here just recently and boy, do I enjoy the material so far, and I expect we'll probably come back to it several times uh, with, with some different uh, strategies, uh, and, and I guess you could say revelations. 
um, it's, it's a 30-day or maybe 31-day process that you or that they direct you through. Um, but I'm only through day four. But uh, there were a couple of things that, that came out of it that I thought, gosh, it's so simple but um, so effective. But bottom line, Bo, I, I think we'd all have to agree that if, if, we're, if we're overweight, there's really only, if you boil it down, one reason for that. You know what that reason is? Well, I wanted to be sensitive, I think, Chris, because there are folks um, who are obese who, I, I mean, I would just have trouble being so um, in your face about about what it is. But I, I'm guessing it's as simple as if you consume more calories than you're burning on a daily basis, your body's going to be converting those excess calories or, or excess carbs to most typically to a stored fat. Some of us are better at that than others, and uh, I know that's not a blessing, but is that even close to where you're headed? You nailed it right on the head, though. I mean, that's that's what it all boils down to. Now, we can talk at length about why we consume more, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit today, but um, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. And I, I remember reading a book by um, by a guy, Dr. Ben Lerner, very interesting writer. He just called it the basic law of thermodynamics, that, you know, if you consume more calories than you burn, then you have no choice but to store it. And uh, as simple as it is, it's not a simple thing or not an easy thing to correct for a lot of us. And, and, and I'm no exception. And, and the example that I can use, even though I, I've never struggled with excess weight, you know that I've run marathons, right? I know it. Would you believe that I have gone through a marathon training program and on the backside of it actually have a higher body fat percentage than when I began? Uh, that seems unusual. It seems very unusual, but when you're in a, in a training program, program like that, you... You seem to, uh, or at least I, accepted the license to eat at will. Gotcha. And as hard as I was training, I was eating um, just as much or more than, than what I really needed to pull off that training. So, Well, let me ask you uh, this before you go on. Um, so many times when you talk to folks who are morbidly obese or you talk with folks who have worked with folks like that, uh, they get into this mode where they begin to starve their bodies and their bodies think they're, that they're starving. So your body goes into survival mode and, and immediately starts to convert just about everything you eat to stored fat instead of turning that whole process around and asking your body to begin burning the stored fat, which is what we want to do in the first place if we're overweight. So most of the studies that we've done have talked about how can we take insulin levels and get them back to normal take the sugar that we're injecting into our bodies by the pound and reduce that to a level where our bodies can finally figure out that, hey, we've got enough protein. We can start to burn the stored fat that's here because we're not starving. And I guess I'm going in a long roundabout way of saying that this idea of gluttony often, Chris, would seem like a a mean-spirited approach when, when you're talking to somebody who's morbidly obese. But is it safe to say that in most cases, the folks who got themselves into that situation did, in fact, get themselves into that situation by eating too much food? Is that fair? I I think it's fair. And I think to deny it would be, 
I guess you could say taking yourself out of reality. 10-4. Now, to your point, some people, some people's bodies have adapted because of some of their eating strategies, have, have adapted to storing fat better instead of becoming butter burners, as Covert Bailey used to like to call them. Uh, they become, you know, butter stores. And exercise, as we've said a bazillion times, is the best way to convert your body to be a better butter burner by increasing your metabolism. But anyway, we, we kind of got off on a bit of a tangent. There were, there were two particular techniques that I read in just day two or maybe it was day three from the Thin Within book that uh, I wanted to share. You up for that? You had asked me um, what's at the core of this and we said it's that it's uh, you eat more calories than you burn and, and all of a sudden you're, you're over time is going to be gaining weight. So Chris, you discovered a book called Thin Within, and I just Googled it. It's thinwithin.org. 12 weeks to change your life. You're tired of countless diets. You've tried portions and pills. You're tired of losing and gaining weight. Thin Within is the answer. Finally, a grace-oriented plan to lasting weight loss, the original hunger fulfillment plan tested for over 30 years. Well, one of the things, several of the things I like about their approach you, you mentioned a couple of them. It's, it's a grace-oriented approach. We're going to slip. We're going to eat too many Oreo cookies. But rather than beat ourselves up, it's, it's a matter of acknowledging where we made a mistake and, and then uh, just uh, getting back up and starting over. Nothing too complicated about that. Uh, but the other thing I like about the book, uh, it's really not a diet approach because I've always been anti-diet. Um, or, or when we talk about diet, we're talking about one that says you got to do this, this, and this. Those become very legalistic, and they're not very, um, I guess you could say, empowering. And another thing that I like about their approach is there really are no forbidden foods. And we've talked about the believer's freedom that's in First Corinthians, that um, we know that all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial, and, and that that's, that's the approach they take. Certainly, we just have to consume certain foods in, in uh, moderation. At any rate, a couple of techniques that, that came out just in these first few days. And one of them, um, they have a, a, I guess you could say, a process for evaluating if you truly are hungry. And what so often happens, and I'm, I'm just as guilty as the next person, um, we often eat when we're truly not hungry. And I know I fall vic- victim to this most often on a road trip with the family. We pack cooler food. You're in that car for a long period of time. You got nothing to do sometimes but think about the food that you pack. And you start eating it even when you're not hungry. You ever kind of encounter that situation, Bo? Yeah, you think you're doing well to bring um, your tropical uh, trail mix. <laughs> and then, you know, a couple hours later, you've eaten the whole bag. Yep. Have you ever, yep. done, have you ever well, done that? <laughs> I have. So... We often eat when we're really not hungry. And there's a couple of things, a couple of techniques. The first one, they, they call it the bodometer. And that's not named after J. Bo Ellis, by the way. It's short for, uh, I guess, a body meter. But they call it the bodometer. And what they're suggesting is when, you, when you're feeling led to eat, examine your body and find out, well, is this really a true hunger? Or, or maybe it's just a teeth thing, meaning... Maybe you want to chew on something 
could that sensation be uh, satisfied with a stick of gum or maybe even just a drink of water? Then they ask you to, if it's not that, maybe move a little bit further down and consider your throat. Maybe you're just thirsty and rather than eating something, maybe a drink of water or something healthy might satisfy you. Moving further down, they look at your upper abdomen, which is actually where our stomachs are. Um, are, are you feeling hunger there? And then to continue finally to your lower abdomen, which is where your stomach is not, you know, consider that. If you're feeling hunger down there, maybe it's not true hunger. So that's the first, I guess you could say, tool is uh, when you're feeling led to eat, consider evaluating where that feeling, feeling is coming from. And if it truly is coming from your stomach, well, then maybe it is time to eat. But um, if it's anywhere else, you might have another way to satisfy that feeling. Does that make sense? Well, you know, I like that. And it reminds me of, you know, what we teach our 10-year-olds you know, before they go blabbing their mouths. We ask them to count to three. You know, one, two, three, before you go say something you don't want to say. And it sounds to me like this very common sense approach would be, you know, before you go run into the cabinet for the, uh, I think I always mention Cheetos, or, or is it donuts, or a blizzard, you know, maybe you need to sit and take a take a three-second time out to really evaluate where that's coming from, and I don't want to spend the rest of the show talking about you know, blood sugar and hunger and what that really is, because the core of the thin within being uh, grace is that you can ask uh, Jesus to, to guide you through those uh, those those thoughts and those um, those pangs that you may be having, and Chris, you mentioned earlier, you know not to hand it back to me because I'll just go on forever. But when you talked about those diets all being like like these rules, I instantly think about the way Paul talked about the law and how it's just so impossible for us as humans to take this this do this do that and ever succeed. With it's a it's a recipe. For failure from the start and Jesus Christ came to replace the law and to give us this forgiveness and to be that that path for us to be grace to be mercy so it's really relevant and I, it kind of made a light bulb go off for me because when these diets tell you how to construct all these meals and you must do this and you must do that and, and you can't do this and you can't do that it, it almost seems like we know innately that we're not going to be able to do this. And that's why those things never last, I guess. Amen to all of that, though. Um, and in particular, you know, the Holy Spirit can and will lead you into better choices, um, only if we'll slow down enough to ask. Then the second technique or habit that that's mentioned is, is what they call the hunger scale super simple, but what they're talking about is that we, when we want to eat, can pretty much come up with a number that determines how hungry we are. Zero would be we're totally empty, our stomach um, is, is totally, you know, void of any kind of nourishment. Uh, that's a zero. On the flip side, or the other end of the scale, a 10 would be stuffed. That's that feeling we have after our Thanksgiving meal, where... Uh, we just want to lay on the couch and, and, and unbutton the, the, the top button on our pants because our stomach is just so, so stretched. Food coma. So, food coma. Is food right. coma, yes. right. That was eat your heart out, I think. 
yeah, we, we've talked about what a food coma feels like. So, um, what we what we often do, um, we may be at a three on that scale, and we decide that well, it's convenient, whatever. Let's go ahead and eat, and then we'll fill ourselves up to a seven, um, or maybe we're at a three and we'll stuff ourselves to a ten, or maybe we're at a zero and we'll stuff ourselves to a ten. The best approach is to first only eat when you're hungry, only when you're at a zero. And that's where that odometer comes into play. That if, if, it's, if you're at a place where you think it's time to eat and you, and you determine that you're at zero, you've, you've gone through and decided that it's not your teeth that need satisfaction or your throat or your lower belly, it's actually your stomach, okay, fine, it's time to eat. The other thing, or another thing that they pointed out, um, our stomach, when it's empty, is about the size of a clenched fist. I didn't know that. That's pretty small. And I, I kind of equate that to a uh, burrito at Moe's, which I absolutely love. That thing's way bigger than my clenched fist, which means that when I sit down for a meal at Moe's, and I don't mean to knock Moe's, or, or anybody for that matter, but um, if I'm on zero and I sit down and eat a burrito at Moe's, uh, I'm probably pushing my... Uh, myself to about a seven or eight on that hunger scale probably more than I need no no not probably definitely more than I need if, if my desire is to release weight which is the term that they like to use in thin within release so it baby release it man let it go exactly exactly as opposed to losing something because what do we want to do when we lose something Bo we always want it back right exactly so uh, let's release that weight so the, the objective would be anytime we eat to only bring it to a five. And so that might mean we could be somewhat strategic. If you know you're at a zero, only put a fist-sized portion of food on your plate, and that'll take you to a five. Now, what often do we do with, uh, with, with the way we eat? And I'm going to answer that for you both. We sometimes or oftentimes inhale our food. So what we need to do is slow it down and literally get ourselves into a more relaxed state when we eat. And if you do that, and, and I know this to be true, if, you're, if you have um, a reasonable sized portion and you take your time and you set your fork down and, and engage in conversation, that kind of reminds me of um, the founder of Pampered Chef wrote a book called Come to the Table. Her name was Doris Christopher. And she was a huge proponent of getting people to sit down and enjoy each other's company and converse. And gosh, what a great picture of a Christian community to sit around the dinner table and talk as opposed to just shoveling, shoveling or inhaling our food. And just by doing that, we all know that if, if you slow down, your, your, your brain will eventually kind of get the message that, oh, I'm, I'm satiated, I've had enough. And we can stop at a five instead of continuing to eat. And when we finish that meal, we're at a seven, eight, or on Thanksgiving Day, we're at a 10. And we feel uh, like you could stick a pin in our belly and we go boom. Well, I like where you're at because we've talked so much on this show about food choices and about constructing proper meals. But we never have really stopped to take a minute to, to think about why we eat. You know, what are we eating out of stress or for me, I'm eating in rebellion to the uh, the recession or whatever it is for me that, that's abusive or, or, or is, is my addictive nature. And I'm just so thankful, Chris, that you've picked up this book 
because it would suggest that we don't have to live by these these rules. We don't have to be with inside of this law. If we just accept the grace that the Lord has given us, God has blessed us by filling the whole earth with these wonderful foods that we can eat. And we just shouldn't be eating for our own uh, our, our own gluttonous uh, pleasure. And the Bible says a lot about that. We should honor God's creation by enjoying good foods, the foods that he's created for us. And I think to your point about this idea of the size of your fist, it takes a lot of self-control to convince yourself, that particularly in this country and in this society, that that's all the food your body really needs. And I remember back when I was a young kid, I read a book my dad had, and, and he was talking about the amount of food that Martina Navratilova would eat before uh, her tennis matches. And those could go, you know, four hours, or even in the men's, you know, tennis at five sets or whatever. And it always amazed me that, you know, for breakfast, that a muffin, uh, maybe a banana, and a lean protein are plenty fuel enough to fuel those types of endurance athletes. And I think for the obese folks, it's like we always want to get to where we're fit so that then we can figure out how to fuel the engine and run that that car, you know, at a high, high level of performance. So for those folks who are overweight, it's getting back to fit. That seems to be this this balancing act or this balance beam or worse yet for a, a visual, a high wire act, because I think there is a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety about the whole thing. And that's why it's so easy for folks to want to just give up and say, you know what? I'm just just destined to be obese the rest of my life. Screw it. Give me another donut. And Chris, I want you to speak to that discouragement versus encouragement. And then I know this segment's gone a little long, and and maybe we should take a look at, at what the word says and uh, and get out of here. Well, um, I, I know we all know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And anybody listening to this who struggled with with uh, with their weight, trust me, um, God, God can help you. God can lead you, and um, His Spirit can be right there to to help you make the right choices and to um, you know bring you to just the abundance that He has for you. So uh, I guess that's the encouragement that I throw out there, and, and an approach like uh, the one with Sin Within is um, probably certainly the best approach that I've heard of maybe ever, and I would certainly encourage anybody to, to pursue that um, that book or that website to to come up with some even better or more you know, processes or techniques or habits to get you to a grace-oriented um, uh, way of just releasing that weight. My friend and pastor up in New Tampa, Chris, at church that you and I both once uh, were members of, he used to talk about the self-help section of the bookstore. And he always got a kick out of that because it's self-help that got us into this mess. And getting our selfish selves out of the way as Christians is really what we're all striving to do to allow Jesus to do the work that he wants to do in and through our lives. And unfortunately, uh, whether it's food or for others, and Chris, I'd love to do a show um, uh, w- with some folks in Celebrate Recovery at our church about alcoholism, drug addiction, but it's all relative. It's those things that you would do that you know are outside of the will of God, 
but for some reason, you continue uh, to, to go to those places. In fact, in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9, Paul says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, and without self-control, brutal, not lovers. And I think, man, I wonder if that's Paul talking about this time and where even I'm at in my choices and the way I approach my role as a good steward of the things that God has given me. But again, if on the brighter side, if you look at 2 Corinthians 9, 14, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And Chris, that's my prayer, is that we have the ability to say no to anything of excess, and that we would ask God to give us this idea of self-control, but only as it relates to to that self-control that asks him to be the guy, uh, our Lord, who's really taking control. So Lord, we lift that up to you right now for this podcast, for those listening, for Chris and his family, for me and my family, for anybody who's happened upon this today. God, it's about self-control or about giving that control over to you, Lord, the creator of the universe. God, we can't do it alone, and we prove it over and over when we fail. And Lord, you never abandon us, you never forsake us, and you tell us all we need to do is turn back to you, and that you'll grant us what we ask in Jesus' name. So right now, Lord, we ask that you give us self-control. Give us the ability to say no to those things that don't honor you, that don't glorify you. And give us satisfaction and give us contentment, Lord, in those things that give you contentment. God, I pray this that my kids would see in their dad somebody who's able to control himself and not, Lord, order the whole half dozen donuts for himself. God, a bit tongue-in-cheek, and we know you're a God with a sense of humor. So we thank you, Lord, that we can talk about this, this idea of gluttony. And we thank you for your word that tells us exactly where we need to be on all of that stuff. So, Lord, it is your word that is the truth, and we lift that up and acknowledge that. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Brother Bo. Chris, I guess we could talk a, a year on this topic, and... Thank you so much for bringing it. And that is the finwithin.org. We invite you to check out the book. Um, I also found a reference to a book there called What Would Jesus Eat? By a doctor yeah. who, a doctor who in fact, is uh, in the Orlando area, interestingly. I think his last name is Coleman. Chris, this is a show for runners, for riders, for swimmers, for fit, and the not-so-fit or want-to-be fit because 1010 Wellness is leading folks into activities and lifestyles they can get excited about. And that's found, of course, at 1010wellness.com. My name's Bo Ellis with Christ Across America. This has been the Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes. Chris, tell us a little bit, please, about that eight-week challenge, and then we'll get out of here. Challenge? What are you talking about, Bo? That was a bribe. The eight-week bribe, right. Sorry, I I didn't remember the email as well as I should have. Well, it, it's this time of year because there's a terrific triathlon, a little sprint triathlon. When I say sprint, most people, when they hear the word triathlon, they freak out and think Ironman. But actually, a sprint triathlon is one of a much shorter distance, 
and it's something that I estimate nine out of ten people could prepare for in uh, in eight weeks, maybe ten weeks, maybe twelve weeks. At any rate, I throw a bribe out there. This uh, or throw, threw a bribe out there that you can read about at Ten Ten Talk. But in essence, I'm suggesting or telling people that hey, if you can if you can sign up and do a triathlon, a sprint triathlon um, this season. I'll send you a case of monkeys for free, and that's a $68 value. And, and monkeys, for those that haven't uh, read some of my pieces, that is my um, my recovery shake, my recovery protein shake formula that's been a, uh, a journeyman's um, discovery of different ingredients and combinations and stuff like that. But it's, it's great stuff, and if, and if if anybody wants to do a triathlon, um, please uh, register now. Get me your results. Uh, love to have a picture of you. I'll post it on my blog, and I'll send you a case of monkeys. And that's the Top Gun at Fort DeSoto. Am I getting that right? That's that's the one I mentioned, yes, Bo, um, which is the first weekend in August. But there are plenty of other sprint triathlons out there that people can find at tryfind.com or if you go to the Tencent Wellness webpage and you go to the What's Happening page that you helped me set up, uh, you'll find... Uh, a couple of links that will, will take you to try find or uh, or some of the upcoming races in the Tampa Bay area. Well, and if you've ever heard Chris, you'll know that he doesn't care what you put on your calendar. Just put something on your calendar. And of course, invite a friend because we know that in community, we can actually get things done. And we thank you, Chris, that we can be in community together in Christ and for him. This is Christ Across America, available at ChristAcrossAmerica.com, asking you where are you allowing Jesus to work in your life today? We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes, brought to you by Christ Across America, on the web at ChristAcrossAmerica.com. This broadcast is powered by Sarek Digital at Sarek, C-E-R-I-C, digital.com, and sponsored by Trinity Automotive Services, the number one car buying experience. Please call Patrick Testaseca at 813-944-7722 or find him on the web at trinityauto.net.